And welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Uh, it has been a while since we have done a guest show, but we were jumping right in with it with two guests today. Uh, you may have noticed our new cover art, which we are really excited about. So yeah, we're rebranding. Yeah, your girls have graduated. Anyway, before we get into today's episode and learn more from Lindsay and Jessica, let's start out with some totally natural banter. So today's question uh, that we just thought of, aka researched beforehand and yeah, are going to ask you now, is what is the most childish thing you think you still do? Ooh, that's a really good question. I don't know if it's childish or HR office life of me, but I always have candy on the ready for anybody that is visiting me and just to snack on for myself. And it doesn't matter if it's 9 a.m. or 5 p.m. I probably have a piece of candy nearby. I was going to say my pajamas. So I like to come home from work and put my pajamas immediately on. So if the mailman rings the door at 530, he'll find me in my pajamas. (laughs) Me too. So maybe that makes two for me. I know. I feel like I do a lot of childish things. I I was going to say something similar to like a candy thing because, but mine's more like if I go to the grocery store, I can't just buy like real people food. I have to like also buy something sweet or like candy or a slice of cake or something because my parents aren't there to tell me I can't. So (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Ice cream fanatic and I have ice cream every night and I eat it with a tiny baby spoon so that I can make it last a little bit longer, but I use this child spoon so that it doesn't get eaten quite as fast. Nice. What's your flavor? I enjoy mint chip. I, I really don't have any flavors that I don't like, but uh, my go-to is mint chip. I also like Haley, feel like I, I do a lot of things like that. Jessica, the pajamas one is me hundred percent. Like my husband <laughs> will come home and he'll be in jeans till he's ready for bed or shower. And yep. I just don't understand that. And then yep. the other thing that I do that actually I I'm thinking of it because I did it recently is I can't wash dishes without having like you know the line across your shirt when you like lean on the sink that's me that's a <laughs> thing that I've done since I was a kid hey it's Haley and Syra. we hope you enjoy this literal episode Thank you again for coming on today, ladies. Although your careers are different, we believe that you will both have great insight on the topic for today of navigating issues in the workplace. Um, And this is because you both have uh, roles working with people. So just to introduce our listeners to our two special guests, we have with us today, Jessica Maurer, and she is a plant operations manager, and she works with people. I know Jessica through a program that we have at work. And um, I've been very lucky to get to know her in these past couple months. Lindsay and I uh, were coworkers a little back in the day, recent back in the day, uh, Lindsay Zanzalari, human resources manager at a plant. And today we'll learn about what they do at work and how they handle situations. We'll start with a question for Lindsay. Lindsay, what motivated you to get into HR? This is just a little background about you. Yeah, so good question. Um, I don't know some days. No, just kidding. HR is a lot of fun and there's a lot of ambiguity involved in it. And I think I enjoy that each day is something different, which I get is in a lot of different career paths. So I'd say the other piece of it is the people part. So I had an internship experience that um, was in operations, actually. 
and um, was doing some type of shift work and managerial pieces. And the parts that I gravitated towards more were those that are conventionally as part of HR. So things like training new employees or hiring and having career fairs, um, just general one-on-ones about careers with employees. Those are the things that I was drawn to and what made me choose HR more specifically. Our first question for Jessica is, Jessica, you kind of had um, sort of a different path. You started in engineering and you're now on the path of leadership. So how did you make that transition from engineering into leadership? I think it was kind of accidental. I've never been good at knowing, you know, hey, I want this next position. I want this position five things down the road. And sometimes that kind of feels uncomfortable to not know what you want to be when you grow up, when you're grown. Um, But it's kind of happened accidentally, right? I've kind of gotten tapped on the shoulder and asked to do something or been in a role where I've seen something else that looks appealing to me and I've raised my hand for that. Um, So yeah, it's kind of been accidental, but very enjoyable. Sarah and I really want to know kind of how to navigate, like if we have an issue in the workplace, how we go about bringing that up to our supervisor or bringing that up to HR. What do you think are the questions that we can ask ourselves before we we go to either supervisor or HR about a situation? Yeah. And also, is there a distinction between when we should go to a supervisor versus HR? Exactly. I think there is a difference of when you would go to supervisor and HR. And it's a little nuanced, but I'd say um, there are some things that specifically your supervisor is your advocate for. So say the conflict or the issues that you're having are with somebody else on a project team, that's a great area that maybe your supervisor can kind of intervene or help with talking to maybe another person that you're having conflict with on that project team or help clarify deadlines or goals for you if that's kind of the conflict. And so I think that's um, just the areas you'd go to maybe more for the supervisor. And then for the things that you should do or ask yourself beforehand is um, a little bit of inner work. So a little bit of asking yourself what you have done so far to help with the conflict. So have you confronted the person about the conflict? And that's not to say in the true form that we think of confrontational or starting an argument, um, but maybe it is having that awkward conversation of, hey, I think XYZ isn't working out between us. Um, or, hey, I think that we have a differing of timelines or the deadline, and maybe that's just where the conflict ends or gets resolved. So um, I think it's trying to, A, kind of look at yourself and what you might be impacting in the current situation, B, confronting the person one-on-one if that feels safe and uh, like an option, and then it would be going to your supervisor or HR. I was going to say that be clear in your ask, right? What are you asking your supervisor or HR to help you with, right? Are you just venting about something? Are you um, asking for, I guess you have to be very specific and kind of understand what you're hoping that they're going to help you with, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So be clear on your ask. And maybe some things you can handle yourself, right? Maybe the first question is, (laughs) do I need to involve my supervisor or HR yeah, exactly. And, and maybe we can dive more, dive deeper too into like the, the conflict itself too, because um, sometimes it's like, oh, okay, like I have this conflict at work and it's like, oh, do I speak to the person that I'm having a conflict with about, or do I get advice first or uh, I don't know, like, and, and I'm sure that's something you can go to HR or supervisors, like how to deal with conflict as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, do you guys have any examples of like, I don't know, maybe little things that uh, 
someone's come to you with on nav- navigating conflict? Sometimes just like personality differences. And I think maybe it just comes from a differing of understanding or goals at times. Um, so not to jump to the resolution part of it, but sometimes people need help in navigating that conflict with someone that can kind of look at it from that bird's eye view and isn't in that day-to-day receiving the email that they're going home stirring over saying the cringy comment and they're like, why did they say that to me or what's going on? Um, So maybe talking to your supervisor or an HRM at that point would be the best path. Um, Or maybe even a friend or other coworker that um, could hear you out and be that bipartisan kind of view for you and give some reality to the picture. I think it's great to be able to talk it out with the person if you think you can, right? A lot of times emails, you can misinterpret the wording, the the tone. Um, someone could be doing something really quick and it could sound like they're mad or rough or something like that. So I think if you are comfortable just sort of trying to have that conversation as the first step before involving others, there may be times when um, you know it's not going to go well and you and you do need support from others or practice with others first. But um, eventually you're going to have to face that person. So if you can, you can do that directly with the two of you, that's better. Yeah. Especially for younger professionals, sometimes that can be a little frightening. You're like, Oh no, I don't want to confront someone, but it's almost, um, it's, it'll be a little awkward, but it's almost more so if you let that linger, because now you'll be thinking about it for a while. They're probably thinking about it too. And they're actually going to respect you for bringing it up and being able to resolve it and move forward rather than perpetuating this thing for weeks or months to come. So when I was younger in my career, someone said, swallow the toad early. So you know how toads kind of get that big neck bubble. Mm -hmm. And if you swallow it early and you take care of it early, it's a much smaller problem when when it gets to be a large, large toad. (laughs) Interesting. Taking care of it before, before it's unmanageable, before you need help is good. I think turning it in on me and Haley, I know that, a huge place where we struggled was as co-ops and interns in places and feeling like do we even have the right to be upset about something or do we even have the right to you know rock the boat is what it it could feel like when you're working at some place and you're thinking maybe I want to work here after I graduate I kind of don't want to rock the boat while I'm here so I don't know can you speak to that at all I think there's ways to bring things up that aren't argumentative, right? That's you're trying to, again, you got to kind of take the people out of it, right? You're both working on a project or you're both working on something for the better of your company or the better of um, the project. And so kind of taking the personal out of it and wanting to work together to get to something better, or maybe pointing out something that you don't think is going smoothly um, and having a better idea or having a different approach. Um, I think trying to take emotions out helps as well. Yeah. And I think that actually is a really great um, way to show maturity as a professional too, to say that you're comfortable enough in your own decisions or opinions that you can bring them up and you're okay with being wrong in those two and having that open dialogue. But staying silent as an intern is probably not my recommendation for most. I'd rather someone outspoken and willing to share their ideas especially someone that's new to an organization, you want to hear what they have to say. That's a big perk to being new is having that fresh pair of eyes for an organization. See, this is exactly why like we wanted to to do this episode because like it's so, it's really refreshing and eye-opening to hear stuff like this because I mean, we've had conversations like this all the time and we're like, we don't know what 
you know, the person in leadership thinks about a person that comes to them. So we, that's like something that is just always a part of the conversation that me and Haley are having. So it's really good. And maybe a lot of people need to hear like the, the leadership does want to know, you know, if you're in a position of, you know, problem or danger, you know, come bring it up. Don't just sit there in silence because you think that you might not get a job opportunity after. I was going to say, that's where I would reemphasize earlier point on knowing your ask. So if you're going to your supervisor HR every day with issues or kind of using it as a vent sesh, that I can see as maybe leaving a little bit of a bad taste. But if you are going with true problems, suggesting a resolution, that's fantastic. And I was just going to say that typically people in leadership are in leadership because they want to lead, they want to guide, they want to mentor, they want to coach. Um, So they're typically the ones that do want to help and make sure that things are going smoothly. Yeah, I think it's it's hard, it's easy for us to tell ourselves like, are we making a you know too big of a deal of this? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's really yeah, it's it's nice to hear that like, or, or maybe you can elaborate on this too. Is like, is there times when we're we're making too big of a deal? And I you know I know that's something we have to evaluate for ourselves. I, I know in a lot of situations, Sarah and I have dealt with being female engineers, we get a lot of that like. Um, like that gap where there's only a few females and and a lot of males, our gender gap is so large and maybe we're the only female on the team um, or maybe there's just a few of us. And so I think there's a lot of times, um, and this is kind of bringing up more of like a personal case study too, um, where there's times where maybe all the guys are saying something and maybe it's just like a little guy talk or they're saying something that's like, Oh, is that sexist? Like, is that um, like, okay to say versus like, you know, then you've got like big, bigger actual like sexist issues or even harassment. And it's like how to, how to approach those differently to supervisors versus HR. And then like how to know if any of those are ever making a big deal of something. I think anything that offends you or bothers you is a deal. Now, whether it's you saying in the group of guys right there, hey, like sort of teasing, right? Hey, guys, you're getting me red in the face. Or, hey, guys, is this appropriate for me to be here? Or something just to kind of uh, softly or lightly uh, end it or let them know that you're a little bit uncomfortable. But again, I think, you know, if you are uncomfortable, you've got to say something. And and just to clarify, is that like, saying something to them in the moment or is that also going to your supervisor HR like I think you start I mean it depends on what the conversation is right if it is extreme harassment and oh my gosh it's certainly not going to be resolved by asking them to stop but if you're in a group and they're I don't know teasing about another girl or something you know I don't know doing boy stuff um, I think it's certainly in your power and to kind of make a comment or joke even about it so that they know that you're uncomfortable and it's not appropriate um, I, I would think that they would kind of respect that and probably maybe not even recognize, right? They might see you as one of the guys and here you are on this project and you're just as smart and just as active and just as whatever. And so it may not occur to them that that's, uh, you're feeling differently about what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely second just that you, one method can be just to squash it right away by making some joke or comment just to call out, hey, this makes me uncomfortable, essentially whether that is in a joking way or actually saying, can we stop talking about this? Um, But otherwise, 
standard HR answer coming um, is that if you have a question on anything at all, go to HR, go to your supervisor about it. That's not one of the things that will get you in the, I don't know if you want like the annoying bucket or the people that are constantly going to the office. We want those kinds of questions because that's the way that as an organization, you can squash those things and make sure they're not happening. And if there is something big happening, um, it takes a bunch of people coming to be able to kind of either like build a case around it, or maybe you're the first one to speak up on something that actually is a larger issue. Maybe for you, it's something that you're like, I don't even know if it is harassment, but that could be the 10th time we heard a similar complaint, which is a really big deal. Uh, so really just speaking up is always the best option. What if you have an issue involving your supervisor or HR? Do you just go to the other one that's not them? What do you do? Ooh. <laughs> um, so hopefully it's not both at the same time, but <laughs> just if quit. it is, um, I'd say <laughs> familiarize yourself with your company's policies because a lot of companies will have some other type of third party type organization to file complaints to. But if you work for a smaller company and that's not an option, maybe there's another manager that's not your manager or the HR manager that you can go to, and maybe not even in your direct kind of function alignment. So say you're you're both engineers and you don't want to go to your engineering supervisor or the head engineer, then maybe you go to a POM like Jessica. Oh, uh, one of the things I wanted to pose too is, is it a good strategy to go to your supervisor or your HR rep with a situation that happened as a hypothetical like is that a good strategy to pose it as a hypothetical first and then see what your feedback is and then maybe that helps you open up or is that never a good idea i i think that's uh calling what's it called not calling wolf crying wolf crying wolf right it i think you have to trust your supervisor and come with real things not sort of be nervous to tell them something and and pose it as a maybe but i would ask Lindsay as the HR expert. <laughs> what do you think? Lindsay? Yeah, no, I say the same. Hypotheticals are just going to leave me questioning probably. And the same, I don't know if it's, it kind of is like in the same vein to me, but um, coming to HR or your supervisor with, Hey, I want to tell you this, but I want to make sure it's kept confidential or you don't tell anyone or those kind of statements I would go in not expecting. So if there's something you're about to say or tell that, maybe you shouldn't for whatever reason, um, which I don't think will be the case usually. Um, just know that they are required to follow up on things as leaders. So we can't just take a claim of harassment or um, a complaint of that and sit on that. That absolutely is something that as leaders in an organization, we need to act on. Um, and that probably goes the same for most complaints. I'd say maybe venting is a different story in that you can kind of decide who might be your person for that, that you can trust. Maybe that starts with little tidbits, but definitely going in with that qualifier of, can you not say this outside of this room? It probably will have to be said to someone else, even if they keep your name out of it. That's good to know. Thanks for, yeah, in, inspiring, uh, you know, confidence uh, for our female viewers or any viewers to our podcast. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really beneficial, kind of reiterating what Sarah said earlier about just uh, yeah, giving us the confidence to, you know, speak up on things. Uh, this is tough. <laughs> uh, especially when they're like little issues that you're like, oh, is this a big deal? 
have you guys noticed um any differences between how female and i mean because you kind of both like work in sort of stem driven company roles and things like that um so have you noticed and it doesn't have to be like in in regards to stem only but have you noticed differences between how female and male engineers or just employees in in general handle situations I think it's much more person specific than gender specific. Um, I think typically like engineers, right? Our brains are wired a little bit differently. (laughs) So whether it's a female engineer or a male engineer, I think kind of how we approach problems or maybe some of the um, social ways we go about things are different, but I think it's probably more people's style than their sex that, that drives that. And I think, you know, your style might put you into being an engineer or being into commercial or something more uh, social and outgoing and that type of stuff. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the style, because I think that's something that I didn't realize until more recently in my first time managing a male. I was um, coaching him on having a difficult conversation and he made some type of comment like, all right, man, blah, 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 blah. I was like, that would never come for me as a female to a male coworker, but for him it worked and it made it much more natural and come across easier. So there's definitely some style things that are just hard to kind of coach if you're of an opposite gender. Um, But otherwise, I don't really notice any differences at all um, when it comes to actual work um, capacity or performance. I'd say the thing that I notice more um, and try to drive more from our function, and I think as leaders we all do, is getting diversity on projects because in general, each individual person is bringing so much uniqueness to a project that you don't want a room of just males or even just females, honestly. Um, and so really just making sure you do have that diversification on any team. I think that's pretty true with age as well. I work in a pretty young, a lot of young engineers, right? And I think that can be very um, different styles, different things that they're comfortable with, that they're used to, different technologies different communication tools. So we, we wrote this question, uh, how can men be allies to women in the workplace? But I'd, I'd also like to expand on that a little bit and just say like, how can anybody be an ally to anyone uh, when there is conflict or an issue? How do you know when it's your place to go to HR for someone else or for to a supervisor for someone else? So I think the ally question, right, we all should be allies. We all should be looking at how we are alike, how we are benefiting each other versus sort of maybe focusing on the negative or the ways that we're different. Um, And again, I think if something makes you uncomfortable, see it, say it, (laughs) right? If something's uncomfortable enough to question whether you should be talking about it, you probably should. And you can start with someone you're comfortable with, like your supervisor or your HR manager. Um, and validate because like Lindsay said it could be that you are seeing it and someone else is seeing it and someone else is seeing it and enough enough of that stuff piles up there is an issue there yeah see it say it is definitely big and then the other one I would say is that's not just for people in supervisory or leadership positions um, because even as an entry-level engineer again example you might be leading a certain project or a meeting and um, somebody might not be participating. Feel free to call them out in the meeting. Hey, Lindsay, it's been a while since you spoke up in this meeting or it looks like you don't agree with this path forward. You're able to call out people's body language 
that's just being intuitive um, and in touch with the emotions in the room. Um, so I'd say it's also finding those areas where you can be an ally to others and help them kind of come along because maybe all it took was them saying, hey, Lindsay, what are your thoughts on this for them to unleash all of their thoughts? Yeah. And they might have a really good tidbit in there that they wouldn't have otherwise brought up because maybe you didn't bring it up or no one else is advocating for their thoughts. Yeah, if something happens and maybe they don't even want you to go to HR, but it's like an issue. Yeah. So again, I'd say the see something, say something, absolutely do bring it up. Um, but then again, it's just caveating that um, that doesn't mean that HR or the supervisor might not call them into the office. And maybe it's even having a real conversation with them beforehand and saying, look, I'm going to go to them. I just want to give you the heads up in case you get called in. Don't even give them an option. You can do something like that. Um, or you can say, like, would you feel comfortable coming with me? Maybe you can be the secondary person because um I'm uh, not naive to the fact that not everyone likes to go to HR or their supervisor for things, or it might be a little intimidating. So maybe you can be that person to give them comfort if they're used to um, talking about those kind of things. Yeah, that's good. Have you guys noticed any differences um, in how you're treated in your positions of leadership versus your male counterparts? I don't think I have. And again, I think I don't look for the differences. I don't look for... um, ways in which I'm not being treated the same. I think being a female as a mother, right, with maybe young kids, we might, you know, I might not be able to go to drinks after work because I got to go pick up the kids or I have to go run soccer drills, you know, whatever it is. I think that might be ways in which it's different, kind of your responsibilities outside of work. Um, but But I believe that our company is, you know, very good at keeping things equal, making sure people are treated fairly and treated the same? Yeah, I think um, for me, my field HR is typically a little bit more women um, heavy. So usually in our function, there is more women than men. So that will kind of outweigh the scales a little bit, I guess. But then in a plant environment, I am frequently the only woman in a room um, in certain meetings. But I don't know that I ever really noticed that come up. Um, I think if anything, sometimes age does, and that's just more out of a difference in working styles again or experiences. That's for a a good thing. I think it's good to have some natural conflict because I think we talk about conflict as being bad, but there might be conflicting goals or views that I have as a young female that an older male might not have. And that's good to have that in a group setting or in a team. So my, one of my first jobs, I went over to Asia Um, And we were installing some brand new equipment. And in Japan, it was illegal for women to work past a certain time at night. And our plant, although we were doing the installation, was going to be a 24-hour facility. So I was the only female in the entire building. Um, Had three three rows of bathrooms, three floors of bathrooms to myself, et cetera. But it was a very interesting concept. It has since changed. (laughs) But yeah. I was going to say the only other ad I would have is that maybe I'm more mindful of the being the only female in the room or my interaction or I would say like actions as a female. So I try to curb anything that I think might be overly emotional. I do think sometimes you do get that in a workplace where um, you might have a man that gets a little flustered or um, speaks up and often kind of the standard idea is, okay, they're loud and in charge and passionate but then a woman is emotional and dramatic. And um, I have gotten 
some of that before or I've seen that be said to, about other females. So I feel like I'm a little bit more guarded in making sure that in a kind of group setting, I reel it in a little bit and make sure that I'm not, not saying that's good advice, but just saying that's um, maybe something of an experience of a woman in a mainly male field or industry. Interesting. Yeah. So you, you said that you don't necessarily know if that's good advice. Is it like, is that, is that what we should do um, as women and as human beings is curb ourselves or are we being judged too harshly or I don't know, is that, is that how it should continue to go? I don't know. That bigger issue. Maybe the the other, like the high level piece of advice I'd take away from that is being self-aware. So being able to try to outlook in of what other people could be viewing you as. So even as a millennial on the younger end, I'm borderline Gen Z, right? Um, And I'm making a funny joke and saying like, LOL, knowing that that can be perceived as being really young or inexperienced or, and it's still me being me. And I'm not saying to curb that by any means, but just being aware of the perception that you're leaving people with when you do make certain comments or take certain actions. That's a great point. That was really good. You guys, thanks a lot. I know we have the training videos at the end of, or beginning of every year that, you know, tell you what to do in a situation, but (laughs) not that I don't love those. Um, but I thought this was very helpful to, you know, pick you guys' brains and, um, you know, hear from real people that are, those videos are kind of, you know, as general as it gets because they want to include all these great areas and things like that. So even though you guys were, you know, still general because you had to do the same thing. I think it was really nice to hear from you and through your experiences to real people in leadership, um, you know, what your thoughts on the, the questions were. So thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I, we do want to, uh, kind of ask you guys, cause you know, you, you're kind of helping us a little bit more. And so we didn't really get to know you guys as much as we'd like to. So we, we want to ask one more question though. Um, you know, just take this as seriously as you can. Um, we really can't wait to hear your answer on this. So how long do you think you would survive in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> I'm over here trying not to crack up, <laughs> knowing what's coming. I've had my head between my knees. <laughs> I don't enjoy a good zombie. Is the answer for me not long at all. Not long. Um, <laughs> I'd try to like be one of those people that bands together in a group. Like I would go straight to like the organizational <laughs> type thing where we have like a leader that is gathering our groceries and the one that's gathering all the weapons. Yeah, I wouldn't, I'd be a follower for sure. <laughs> know thyself. Survival <laughs> technique. This <laughs> is a free both, just, you know, being, being more people, people, peoples. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause that's a word. Um, but yeah, no, like in the zombie apocalypse, hopefully you can help a lot of people out. So tell people what yeah. <laughs> you can resolve conflict yeah, exactly. when people are trying to eat each other and such. Handy. But yeah, I guess an HR person in, um, what is that movie? Break- I want to say Breaking Dead, but that's not it. There's oh, a movie Walking with- Dead. The show. The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> the Walking Dead. Yeah, I don't know if an HR person would have been too resourceful in The Walking Dead, but maybe, maybe that's all they needed. 
Yeah. Maybe that's all they needed. What about you, Jessica? <laughs> you said you wouldn't make it very long either. What would you do? Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably tuck and roll. <laughs> not, Haley, what not would a you do? Fan oh. of zombies or anything like that. Yeah. Would you well, just hide somewhere and wait for it to be over? Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Probably good. But I would try to do. Yeah. If I'm having conflict with zombies, though, I would probably seek out my nearest HR rep or super. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And if they are zombies already, then you need to call your third party person and get that solved. Yep. Haley and I, we actually, we, we ha- we've had this conversation a couple times. Like, what would we do if there is a zombie apocalypse? And we, we're like, we're hung up on the, what's annoying about our situations is that we live pretty far from our loved ones, mm-hmm. including each other. And so we, we're like really hung up on the trying to get people together, but I think I would just have to, yeah, we would just have to stick it out over here in, in New York and he'll, you know, I'll see if you make it girl. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. you guys have iPhone watches and it'll say, do you need help? I'm calling for help. Yeah. There you go. We're going to have to do a lot more preparation if we're going to survive, I guess, is, is the point. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for, uh, again, coming to our podcast. We really appreciate um, your time. Uh, you could be doing anything else and you spent this evening with us. So thank you so much. Um, I know that I've enjoyed uh, learning. I've enjoyed learning from you guys and hearing what you've had to say. And we thank you very much to our listeners for returning again to uh, this numberth episode of our podcast and we hope to hear from um some great guests in the in the near future and we thank again our very special guests from today jessica mauer and Lindsay zanzalari thank you ladies thanks for having us thanks for having us